our roots run so deeply here. The first time I ever stepped foot in this house was with Spencer Van Ling there in January of 2012, eight years ago for the sound. And yeah, it was just, it was mind-blowing. I was, I was hooked. And then J.O. immediately started preaching this 12-sermon series called Follow Me. And they had this shirt, and there was a big hook on it. And I was hooked I'd known Jesus my whole life, been spirit-filled my whole life, but how many of us know if I don't continue to cultivate the relationship with my wife, it's going to eventually die? And so I had allowed myself to get to the point where I was not cultivating my relationship with Jesus. I could talk a good game. If somebody brought up the name of Jesus, I could get in there with the best of them, and I talked a good game. But it was all surface. There was no depth. But one day, this amazing person called Holy Spirit came to me and he said, no more, no more. I'm not going to allow you to continue to waste your days. I'm not going to allow you to continue to live for yourself when my plans for you are so much bigger. My thoughts for you are so much higher. And here I stand today as a result of, of the Holy Spirit and People that God put in my life, community, is so important. It's vital. It is vital. And I want you to know that you are in a safe place here at Heart of the City Church. You are in a safe place here. If you've been hurt by the church before, I want to let you know that you are safe here. This room is full of, of broken people. But praise the Lord. The blood of Jesus washes us white as snow, and every single one of us is pursuing the destiny that Jesus died to give us. That's why you're here today. That's why you're here today. And my prayer is, is that what God's going to have me share is going to cause a stirring in your heart. And just as, as, as Deborah was saying, you're going to look to the future with anticipation instead of fear of the past. Yes. It is time for us to move forward into the fullness of what God has for us. Amen? Yes. Amen. J.O. last week started a sermon series called The Stirring. And he mentioned it. Then he goes, hey, this isn't just about this moment. It's not just about today. The stirring is laying a foundation or it is adding girders to the understanding of what we already know about Holy Spirit. This isn't just something that we're leading into the sound. I believe that what God is doing is he is paving the way for the fullness of what our future is supposed to look like. And so if you're here today, don't just think that this is some snapshot in time. God is absolutely opening the heavens to you because he wants you to realize the fullness of what he called you to do before you were even born. That is what we're here for. We're not just here to get by, to exist. Holy Spirit is here to help us. In fact, this is what Jesus says. In John chapter 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. He's prefacing it. I'm telling you the truth here. It is to your advantage that I go away. What? 
No, no, Jesus, you don't understand. When the Pharisees come and start talking smack, you shut them down. When we're hungry, you multiply fishes and loaves. No, it is not to our advantage that you leave. But he says, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. See, Jesus is coming towards the end of his life. And so, as any of us would do with our, our, our final words, we would speak truth and encouragement. And he's telling them, I'm not going to be here to protect you. But it's actually to your advantage that I go. Because I'm going to send the helper. I'm going to send the helper. The promise of the Father. You know, I looked up in the dictionary the word advantage. I mean, I think that we always hear the word unfair advantage, and so sometimes what this, this good word kind of gets a bad rap because we think something underhanded is, oh, you've got an unfair advantage. But what Jesus is saying, if we put the, the definition of advantage up there, a condition or circumstance that puts one in a favorable or superior position. This is what Jesus is saying. He says, it's to your advantage. It's going to put you in a favorable or superior position if I actually go. Jesus is really talking up the helper, Holy Spirit. I think we need to be careful with the words we use about him. Amen. If Jesus is talking him up, I think we need to align our words with his words, right? Yeah. Then. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. I want us to pause for a second. I want us to, I want us to put ourselves in their shoes, even in Jesus' shoes. How many times have you given advice to someone and they just didn't listen to you? And then all of a sudden calamity comes. Put yourself in Jesus' shoes. It's to your advantage. It's to your advantage. It's to your, what I, when I go, I'm going to make a way for you to be put in a favorable or superior position. Now, Jesus, I don't want that. I want you. Jesus says, if I don't go, I can't send the helper. It's a process. Or Stephen would say process. It's a process. Jesus didn't die just to give us salvation, but to put us in a favorable and superior position. Now, you could argue that that advantage was salvation itself. And I would think that that's really small thinking. It's like J.O. said last week, you try to put God in a box and he's just going to kick down those walls because God is bigger than we know. I wonder, I wonder if... Our lack of understanding about the Holy Spirit is limiting him. Why did Paul tell the church at Thessalonica not to quench the Spirit? Because they were quenching the Spirit. Let's pray. Y'all pray for me. Just kidding. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just the immense privilege it is to be here, to represent you and your word and the kingdom of God and the country of Honduras here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. God, I count it an incredible privilege to be one who would, who would bring your word. But my prayer is, is that your word would speak for itself. I would simply be a messenger of the words that you have given to us. 
I thank you, God, for this, this series. God, this is, this is foundational stuff. You're building something. You're building something in our lives. You're building something on this earth. And God, we need the advantage that Jesus talked about. And it's in his mighty name we pray. Amen. We're going to see what Jesus says about Holy Spirit, because Jesus actually talks a lot about Holy Spirit. Did you know that? Yes. We think about Jesus, and we think about beatitudes, and flipping tables, and raising people from the dead, right? And that was his ministry on earth. But Jesus was looking into the future, because he knew that his time was at hand. And so he's talking a lot about the Holy Spirit. So I I want to know what Jesus says about Holy Spirit. I'm not really concerned about what denominational beliefs are about Holy Spirit. I'm not really concerned about what my grandparents or my parents thought about Holy Spirit, that they tried to influence my beliefs. I want to know what Jesus said. Now, if what they believe lines up with the Bible, praise God. But far too often, it doesn't. And so what does the Bible say? What does Jesus say? In John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15, Jesus said, I, have still, I, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. I just wonder if, if Holy Spirit has come to you before and you just weren't ready, to, weren't ready for it. It's many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Well, I believe that today is the day. Amen. I believe that today is the day that everything changes. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, whatever he hears, he will speak. Y'all, I, I am 50 now, and I'm, I don't have my readers on. And so I'm like trying to, I got to step back a little bit to be able to see, see these scriptures. <laughs> he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. This is, he's giving a job description of Holy Spirit right here. Listen up. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. That's prophecy, people. Yeah. Come on. Holy Spirit, he's the helper. He's our advantage. He will glorify me. Come on, Jesus. What did you just say about Holy Spirit? Jesus said one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to glorify him. Do you know that when we are partnering with the Holy Spirit, we are glorifying Jesus? We're down here raising our hands wanting to glorify Jesus with everything that we have. And I tell you the best way. It's through the Holy Spirit. Because that's his job. That's his job. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Oh man. Look at the partnership here. Jesus wasn't afraid of Holy Spirit. Jesus said it's to your advantage that I go because I'm going to send him to you. Why are we afraid? of the promise? Why are we afraid of the helper? Why are we afraid of what Jesus had to die to send to us? Just because people have, have misspoken, just because you've seen Holy Spirit represented in a bad light does not make that the truth. 
We've got to get back to what does the Bible say? What does Jesus say? Jesus, Jesus loves the Holy Spirit. He knows that by bringing the Holy Spirit here, he's going to put us in a favorable or superior position to the way we were. And that's just not at salvation every single day. Every single day. But Holy Spirit is waiting on us. He's waiting on us. He's already at work inside. But I'm, I'm, let's, read, let's read Luke. Luke 11, 9 through 13. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. I think far too often as Christians, we're just waiting for some kind of miraculous event to come and change us. And all the while, God is saying, will you ask me? Will you seek me? Will you knock? Because I'm going to open the door for you. Stop waiting on something that is already available to you. Oh, J.O., he, he said earlier, this is not a spectator sport. Somebody said it. We can't be sitting on the sideline, here I am, God, here I am, God. And he's like, no, it's already been done. What are you waiting for? Stop waiting. You need to start asking. You need to start seeking. You need to start knocking because he is ready. Let's keep reading. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if a son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? For, or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Verse 13. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Yes. He just called the Holy Spirit a good gift. Why are we afraid of a good gift from the Heavenly Father? Why are we not asking? Why are we not asking? Holy Spirit is a good gift. Something that the Heavenly Father wants us to ask for. Now you may be saying, well, Don, I thought when I got born again, the Holy Spirit was already there and working. And He is. He is absolutely working to transform you, to make you a new creation, to change you into the image of Christ Jesus. But can I let you know that there's more to life than just what's going on inside of you? Christianity was never intended to be a self-centered, self-focused, self-help therapy process. We were designed to change the world. And if we continue to look inside, we're never going to be looking outside. This is what we're asking for. This is what we're asking for. This is what we need. Jesus says this about the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15 and 17. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father. There's a whole lot of asking going on here, isn't there? Jesus is asking. We're asking. If I ask the Father, he will give to you another helper. Another helper. So Jesus is saying, I'm a helper, but I can't stay here. And it's to your advantage. And if I go, I'm going to ask my father, and he's going to send you another helper. That helper is an advocate. He's a counselor. He's the comforter. This is Holy Spirit. And he will be with you forever. Jesus was here for 33 and a half years. And three and a half years was active ministry. But Holy Spirit is here forever. Amen? 
Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells in you and will be with you. That happened the day you got born again. But there's more. There's more. We need more. We need more. This is why Jesus said, ask, and your Father will give you these good gifts. The Holy Spirit is going to be with you forever. Before Jesus even started his formal ministry, John the Baptist was down by the river, and this is what he had to say. He was preaching and baptizing people in water, and in Luke 3, verses 15 and 16, it says, as the people were in expectation." What is your expectation today? Did you come to church because that's what you're supposed to do? Or did you come with a hunger and an expectation of meeting the living God? I want to let you know, whatever your expectation is, is what you're going to get out. Are you asking? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? This is so vital to successful Christian living. As the people were in expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. We're starting to see a distinction here between Water baptism and baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he had to say this to his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Man, I love getting into the scriptures, allowing the word of God to speak. It's a living word. Did you know that? It's a living word. It's a, it's a sharp sword. And right now I believe that this sharp sword is cutting away unbelief and fear and wrong belief that we have about this person of Holy Spirit that Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go because I'm going to send him to you. It's a living word. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. I just want to let you guys in on a little secret. The wait is over. The wait is over. The promise of the Father arrived on the day of Pentecost almost 2,000 years ago. What are you waiting for? The wait is over. Ladies and gentlemen, good news. The wait is over. The helper has come. The promise of the Father is here. You don't have to wait. Operators standing by. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. Jesus is like, remember when we talked about this? Do you remember? <laughs> so I'll say something to Debbie, or I'll think I'll say something to Debbie, and I'll go, remember when we talked about this? And she's like, honey, we never talked about this. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Jesus talked about it, and we have a record of it. He's like, remember when we talked about this? You heard from me. For John baptized you with water, but. Now, we throw the word but around a lot. But, in Greek, this word means literally to set at contrast. 
So Jesus is clearly making a distinction between two different baptisms. This is, we need this information. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Do you have power in your life? Let's keep reading. Come on. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Whether we understand it or not, we have to at least acknowledge that there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. John talked about it, then Jesus talked about it, and we're not going to stop talking about it until the day Jesus comes back. Because we need the advantage, we need the helper, the promise. But the wait is over. Luke, the author of the book of Acts, finishes up his gospel account with this quote in Luke 24, 49. Listen closely. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. The Greek word for clothed literally means to be wrapped up in a covering. Okay, that's not like boop. This clothed with power is something entirely different. This is the power is dunamis power. It's it's explosive. It is mighty. It's something that can be seen. I am wearing coverings right now. Praise the Lord. Amen. You're not wrong. Amen. And you can see that covering. My question is, do you know the Holy Spirit in a way that people can look at you and see that you are covered in the power from on high? That's my question. Because if they can't, the wait is over. Good news. The wait is over. Man, the Holy Spirit is inside right now transforming us, but there's more. Are you clothed with power from on high? And if you're uncertain, then the answer is probably no. But let's keep reading because here we're going to see Peter giving his, the first gospel message to, to non-Jewish people. He goes, God has to send revelation to him because he's like, God, we can't go there. We're not supposed to go to them. So God sends him to Cornelius, a Roman centurion, and this is what happened. He's preaching the gospel to them. And he's, you can imagine, he's probably a little, little freaked out. Like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. I mean, I know you gave me a couple of visions, and so I'm here. But he's preaching the gospel message to them. While, Acts 10, 44 and 48, while Peter was still saying these things, talking about Jesus, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised, his buddies who came with him, who had come with Peter, were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Whoo, man. Then Peter declared, I mean, shoot, they're already baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can anyone forbid them to be water baptized? They've already received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Whew, gosh. You guys, from the beginning of the, the new church, 
This has been a part of the daily Christian life. Holy Spirit fell. This household was filled with an expectation, and Holy Spirit fell on them when they were hearing the word. The Christian Jews who came with Peter were amazed. We didn't even know this could happen. These are, these are Jewish people. Holy Spirit's just messing up their theology all over that place. They hadn't even been water baptized, people. No clipboards had been passed around. They didn't even know. Jail. They didn't get no water baptism clipboards. Holy Spirit just fell on them. Peter didn't lay his hands on them. But it says that they were hearing. People were seeing the covering. They were clothed with power from on high. Something was different. It says that these Gentile converts were speaking in tongues and that it was a sign that they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to let you know, speaking in tongues is cause for rejoicing, not fear or confusion or mockery. This is something that the helper brought. This is a part of the good gifts that the Holy Spirit brought with him. You think Santa had a big bag, man. Holy Spirit comes loaded with good gifts for us. But are you asking? Are you asking? Last week, J.O., he talked about an account in Acts chapter 19 where Paul's just traveling. He comes to these disciples at Ephesus and They'd been water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, but they said, we'd never even heard that there is such a thing as Holy Spirit. Honestly, I'm so thankful that this account is in the Bible because honestly, I believe that these 12 disciples represent so many Christians today. They know about Jesus. They love Jesus. It says that they were disciples. How many millions of disciples of Jesus said, we've never even heard that there is such a thing as Holy Spirit. Acts 19.2. And he said to them, did you receive Holy Spirit when you believed? Something was missing. Paul could see with his encounter with them that something was missing. Why else would he have asked this question? Because remember, it said that the believers that came with Peter saw and heard that they could see the Holy Spirit covering that power from on high. Now, if you're familiar with Paul's story, you know at the beginning of his life, he was basically a, a Christian. He was a terrorist. He was threatening and persecuting Christians until he had an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on the road to Damascus, and he was blinded. Well, his buddies take him to this house in Damascus, and God sends this wonderful believer named Ananias to him, and this is where we're going to pick up. Paul's story briefly. Acts 9, 17, and 18. So Ananias departed and entered the house where, where Saul was. And laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scale fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. So all Paul ever knew of his Christian experience was being baptized in the Holy Spirit. All Paul ever knew 
was that this was a part of every believer's life. So when he encounters these disciples, these people that loved Jesus, that were going as far as they knew, he was surprised that they hadn't had the same experience that he had with Holy Spirit. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Well, yes. The answer is yes, they did. And he was working inside of them. But remember that there is a difference between having the Spirit dwelling inside of you and having the power of the Holy Spirit flowing, covering you, where people can see and hear the evidence of that baptism. And verse 6 of chapter 19, And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. That's Bible. That's Bible. Now, the challenge is, is aligning our thoughts, our experiences, our beliefs with what the Bible says. But you know what that brings? Freedom. You know what else that brings? Power. How else do you think you're going to be a witness to the world if you look like everybody else does? But if you are clothed with power from on high through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, people are going to something different about you. Something different about you. Yes, there is. Let me talk to you. His name is Jesus. And he's got his, his sidekick, Holy Spirit. You need an advantage in this life. You need an advantage. It's not a checking account with zero fees. What you really need is the advantage that Jesus died to give you to put you in a favorable or superior position. And that is by being clothed, by being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit was the missing piece. Now, this guy Apollos, who evangelized these guys... I want, us to, I want us to see the rest of the story. I think it's important for us to know. We're going to look at Acts chapter 18. It's not going to be up on the screen. Oh, this is so beautiful. Listen to this. Verse 24, 1824. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus. Pause. Though he knew only the baptism of John. What this is telling us is that there's another baptism. And so, these two amazing believers, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, something was missing. Just like Peter and those disciples, he saw that something was missing. Priscilla and Aquila are hearing him preach something was missing. They pulled him aside. He began to speak boldly. When they heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. I'll give you three guesses about what that is, and the first two guesses don't count. <laughs> what, was, what was missing? Baptism of the Holy Spirit. But there was no blame. There was no shame. He went as far as he had known. See, in Hosea, it says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But no, no lack of knowledge up in this place. Not today. 
JL, I want to I read this scripture. It's Acts 20.20. 20. And this is, this is the, the heartbeat of this house. Acts 20.20. 20. This is Paul talking. I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house. We are not going to shrink away from speaking about Holy Spirit. We're not going to shrink away of talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it is profitable for you. How guilty would I be if I knew the truth about Holy Spirit and I didn't preach it? Acts 20, 20. I'm declaring over this year that as believers, we are not going to shrink away from telling truth that is profitable for people. Amen. Thank you. I think that that is a prophetic verse, Acts 20, 20. We are not going to shrink away. I want to let you know that today, the wait is over. I want to let you know that today is the day that you get to receive the condition or circumstance that puts you in a favorable way or that the superior position. Have there been sins that you just can't seem to overcome? Has there been, uh, been a way of life that you just can't seem to overcome? Maybe you need a superior position. If you're tired of living... You're like, man, dude, I'm so thankful 2019 is over. But guess what? 2020 is going to be exactly the same if nothing changes. But Jesus said it's to your advantage that I go because I'm going to send a helper. I want to put you in a favorable position, a superior position. That's what we have. The wait is over. The advantage has been given.